When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to Wubben Corner, the West Bromwich Albion podcast that has just about got over Aston Villa's playoff loss. Uh, I'm Grant Brown and I'm joined today by Kieran Doody. How are you doing, Kieran? Hi, Graham. Yeah, not bad, dude. Yeah, I'm great, thank you. And I'm glad to say we're back to what we do best. So we've got a, um, a, a former Baggies legend, a Baggies legend, a former Baggies player in as our guest this week, which in the shape of Paul Sharner. Um, Greg Evans, who's uh, who's one of our football correspondents, has had a good chat with him, and it's really, really uh, strong. So, Kieran, do you want to just talk us through the various things that they go through? Yeah, um, it starts with his favourite Albion moment, so his goal at Villa Park was one, uh, lifting the shirt against Wolves, when he scored against Wolves, and yeah. one talks us behind how his son designed it for him. Um, he's also talk about how the players reacted, so when he outed them all for not trying hard enough in the Premier League under Di Matteo I think it was at the time yeah. and um, how he ended up having to sit on his own at a table at the Christmas party he talks about how he had supporters group meetings in Sutton Coldfield when he was there and then he finishes on the philosophy he thinks Albion should have going forward they need to re- redesign their way of thinking really and have a 10 year plan that's why I'm so pleased he's on here. Actually, he's one of those rare modern footballers that actually understands the the role of the fans and the and the role of players in the kind of wider scheme of things. And that really comes through in this this interview. Yeah, his view on where he th- where he thinks the future for Albion is, is particularly interesting. I think what's also interesting is he not doesn't seem to be backward in coming forward and pointing out that he quite likes to be involved in the future for uh, for Albion. So go on, he's on. You tell me what's your favourite ever Paul Sharner moment? Oh, it's it's definitely the the last minute goal at Villa Park. Um, you know, a lot of people say that the rivalry is Albion Wolves, but as an Albion fan from Birmingham, all my friends are Villa, and born in 1992, I'd never seen us beat them until that year. Yeah. And we'd beat them earlier in the season. And then, you know, for the first time in my life, I had the bragging rights. It's probably one of my all time favourite Albion goals that I've seen. No mind just shot on us, sir. Yeah, definitely. That. Well, you're not on your own. I was born in 1981, and that was the first season I saw us beat Villa. So, <laughs> so yeah. but I'll go with for the reason I've already outlined. I think my favourite Shana moment actually is um, what didn't happen on the pitch. I was so so pleased to see a footballer, you know, that wears Albion colours, that took it upon himself to address what he saw as a shortcoming in the uh, in the players. I mean, just imagine if we had that. If, just imagine if we had Paul Shana this year. To shake yeah. up that absolute shower of, uh, of individuals, you know, that went to uh, Barcelona, that absolutely capitulated on the pitch time after time after time. I, I mean, I, I wasn't his absolute biggest fan as a footballer, but I mean, actually, as a part of a team, God, we could have really done with him this season, I, wouldn't we? It wouldn't have happened, Barcelona. They'd probably been, it'd have dragged them back himself, I think, never mind Pardew, so... Yeah, that, and that, that comes through in spades, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, that this, definitely in this now, that you're about to hear. So I think what's interesting about this is I think Shana would probably, you know, we, we've uh, we've got rid of Garlic, we have, um, we've, we've got rid of our chief executives and blah, blah, blah. We've also um, 
got rid of um, Nick Hammond. So there's there's some roles here, and we kind of get the impression that Shana wouldn't mind one or two of them. But how would you feel about that? About him being part of the kind of higher echelons of the club? Um, I think he'd get he'd get it in the sense that you know the Albion in particular are very much you know it's not all about the team. There's a there's very much um, there's a way the club should be run. Yeah, as far as fans are concerned, and I think he understands that completely. Um, but I'm sure fans would love to see him at Albion in some capacity. Whatever that, what that is, we don't know. He seems to be interested in the kind of more technical side of it. I mean, this 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 will return me to a point. Well, I've just outlined how much I like Paul Shano, a point that I, that I make all the time, which is that it doesn't matter to me whether or not you played for the club before. What matters to me is your kind of expertise. Uh, and, you know, being someone I, 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 keep, I kept hearing this. In fact, I heard it. Um, Yesterday, at someone who advocated sacking Steve Bruce from Aston Villa to bring in Dean Smith, the bloke who really understands Aston Villa, which is you know just fundamental. So I'm not going to swear because we have to click a certain button on a podcast if you swear, but it's so untrue. You know, he's a Villa, just because you're a Villa fan doesn't mean you understand the, the kind of the machinations and working of a club that has to deal with things like financial fair play and uh, you know HS2 taking over your your ground and so on. Um, I think a bit the same of, of Sean. I'm really really glad. I think he's a really good bloke. I'm glad that we signed him. I, I, I would have to. I, I wouldn't want to see us recruit a. You know, a technical director that's anyone other than someone who's been a successful technical director elsewhere even if that's not in football um, I, would, I would kind of rather see that I, I, I don't uh, I don't really believe in this kind of cult of um, uh, a football person as I think I've re- referenced before really you know a, a good director is someone who takes responsibility for his uh, for his brief and delivers on that it doesn't really matter if they know to take corners um, what do you think about do you have any concern about the fact that Albion don't have a head coach at this moment um what, as in a head coach? As Sorry, as in an assistant head coach at the moment. Um, We've still got a head coach. Yeah, I, I was worried then. I thought I'd miss <laughs> something. Um, no, not at the minute. I think, you know, he's got time to bring someone in. Um, who that is, there's literally no way of knowing. Is there. He's, he, Dan Moore's keeping it under his, under his cloak. So, I think within a week or two, we will know who that is. Well, I should so prep... No, I should prep our listeners for the fact that I'm going to start to panic about this soon. I mean, I th- I th- yeah, the, the assistant head coach less so because I mean the, the players on holiday and so on. But it's absolutely imperative that they start planning for the next season. You know, months and months and months ago, it's imperative that we, you know, if players are going to leave, they need to leave soon. If, if players are going to come in, they need to come in soon. That we need to kind of bed in what we're going to be next season. Um, and uh, yeah. I'm not. I'm not worried about there not being an assistant head coach now. If we haven't seen some demonstrable progress by the time we record the next podcast, you might be about to see some bedwetting from uh, from this part of Wigan Corner. I think the the, the saving grace is that a lot of you know Neil Cutler and Shan are following him into it. Mm-hmm. You know they've already got that. It's a lot. It's continuing from the good one we had at the end of last season. So I think there's not too much of a panic just yet. Cathedral, we don't even know what squad we'll have. So, well, I mean, that's the uh, thing, I mean, isn't it? Yeah, the, the, the problem with last season is, you know, you're probably not going to have Ronda, and you're almost certainly not going to have Dawson, and blah 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 blah. And you need to kind of see what you're left with. Uh, but yeah, no, fingers crossed. That. Well, anyway, uh, as I say, it's it's good. We you know we've talked with the, with the close of the season. We've talked a little bit about football recently, but this was supposed to be this podcast was supposed to be about getting in. Uh, Getting in faces, giving and asking the questions that uh, that others don't ask. So let's do just that now. Uh, so I hand over to Greg Evans, who's speaking to Paul Shana. You, you had a habit of scoring yep. goals in derby games. Yep. You scored two at Villa Park each time you played. Uh, one against Birmingham City. Um, I just want to talk to you about the Villa games first. Your first goal was a last-minute goal, meant nothing, didn't it? Then you got sent off two bookings in the home game. Yes. 
and then you scored in the away game uh, the following season. First of all, tell me about the sending off. What should you have been sent off? And it was a uh, two yellows. Two yellows. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I think it was. I just really get sent off twice in my Premier League career, yeah, you know, yeah, and no. I'm a defender, you know. Yeah. So I think it was was, was just uh, mistimed okay. challenges. You so, know. so there wasn't there wasn't no, a particular no. player winding no. you up or anything no. like that. No, not at all. Okay. And uh, the, the only the only explain I had was against the referee, you know, <laughs> from the beginning. <laughs> That's why maybe he sent me off. <laughs> What happened then? You was just you're in. Yeah, it, because uh, a few decisions were. Fine. And and your goal then at Villa Park, that winning goal, and uh, just, yes. just 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 describe that feeling when you scored that. That is a special, you know, for me because also in, in Austria we are a little tiny football <laughs> yeah. uh, country actually, but we have a big derby in, in Vienna, yes. Austria Vienna against Rabbit Vienna, and I played for Austria Vienna, and I, I was always more motivated in these these games because that means uh, that, that means a lot in the, in the city, you know. Yeah. And uh, I can remember the, the 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 winning goal quite quite uh, if if it was now. You talk, know? talk us through it. But uh, for me, uh, so my intention was always I'm not happy with a draw. Yeah, that's not enough for me. You know. Yeah. Either we win or either we lose. Not a draw, please. <laughs> <Really>? Yes. <laughs> And in this in this case, because I think Villa got the sending off in this game. Yes, I, yes. I think so. We were one man more. So, but it looked like uh, yes, Hodgson, Chris Hurd was yes, Chris Hurd yeah. sending off. Yeah. And Hodgson looked like looks like uh, he was satisfied with the draw one one. You know, and I thought, hey, come on, and we have one more, and we play derby. You know, I want to win. You know. <laughs> yeah. And. Um, I got a feeling before the game as well, you know, because uh, against uh, the Wolverhampton, the, the week you'd, before. You'd won the week before against Wolverhampton. Yeah, genau, yeah, genau. And uh, I had the shirt already yes. on, you know. And uh, when, when I had the shirt under, my, under my, 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 my dress, you know, I was quite certain I, I got a score. So really? It was a, was a, was a, a corner kick from the left-hand side from Brandy, I think. And, uh, yeah, the ball dropped. No, no, no. It was not a header. It was a left leg. Left left foot finish under the the, the crossbar. Yes. Against Shea Given. And, uh, yeah, the celebration was unbelievable. You know? <laughs> that, that, that was very uh, scary for me last time when I was in Villa Park against QPR because oh, there was no way in support. Oh, really? <laughs> and I remember it was full, you know, three and a half thousand uh, biggest supporters, you know, and... Do you, remember, do you remember celebrating with yes. the fans that day? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Seeing the excitement on their faces. Yes. Yes. And, and obviously the, the shirt that you lifted up and showed, yeah. um, it was your sons who designed that for you, wasn't yes. it? Yes. yes. I, talk, I, 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 I told them, hey, come on guys, let's, let's do something special, you know, because um, I'm, I'm, I, got, I got the feeling that uh, something going on the next two games, uh, because I, it's, it's derby games, so... Yeah. Let's do a nice uh, batch shirt, so, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and your last goal for West Brom was actually against Wigan, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Can't remember, did you celebrate? No, I didn't. I didn't celebrate. <laughs> uh, 
we were quite lucky to, to draw, to be honest, because I remember the the team talks before the before the game, and everybody was scared after the team talks. Scared? Yeah, scared from Wigan Athletic. <laughs> Why was that then? Because the manager said uh, Wigan Athletic is little Barcelona in England, you know. Uh, really? <laughs> and it was second last <laughs> in the league, and everybody was. <laughs> <laughs> And what did you think about that then? I thought, oh my god, they're second last and they're yeah. fighting uh, the, the third season in a row against relegation, so please. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose in the end you were quite happy with the point. Yes, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Um, okay, uh, there was one time when you, when you called out some of your teammates publicly. You yes. felt that they weren't applying themselves yes. enough. What was your thinking behind that, and how did your teammates react to you? We had we had a really good good start in the in the Premier League in the, the first Premier League season. You know, yeah. we were up in the first half of the table, or nearly in the top four or five. Yeah, the first eight games, I think, yeah. before we lost against Blackpool. Yeah. And um, Roberto Di Matteo was a very kind man, you know. And he was a long time a player, you know, and he, he knew everything about dressing room talks and, and, and everything like that, you know. And uh, but what I saw, because we were so successful in the beginning, everybody thought hey, it's a self-runner, you know, so uh, you don't need to do too much to, to keep the momentum and yeah, you do it like... Easy to, to, to stay in the in the in the Premier League and and it, and it showed you know uh, when we lost against Blackpool we lost I think eight games in a row before we we start winning again and it cost Roberto Di Matteo's uh, job too you know and uh, that's why uh, it's always difficult you know I, I always get asked hey Paul could we do it uh, internal you know to say internal yeah what what's happened. But nothing is changing, you know. No. When you just keep quiet, you know, or when you talk talking about internal, you know. Sometimes you you have to say, "Hey, come on, boys, wake up," because uh, we go in the wrong direction, and that's why that, that, that was the only reason to uh, let's say to don't get in trouble uh, for the season, for the rest of the season, and fighting against relegation, you know. And we dropped dramatically, you know. When I remember after the new year, we were still, I think, uh, was it uh, seven wins? I think, no? It took a quite uh, an end of season turnaround, didn't it, to, yes. to, to save the club? Yeah. Um, and normally, normally, if, if you look back um, on the statistics, you know, it's, it's very uncertain un, un, uh, that a uh, promo- newly promoted team is getting back straight, you know, because yeah. you have uh, a good atmosphere, you have the momentum, and normally you, you keep up the first year of, of getting promoted, you know. Yeah. Paul, can you remember how your teammates reacted to you then? Were they angry uh, I, with you? Uh, I definitely I remember Jerem Thomas. He was very angry. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what, what happened? What did he do? Uh, he, he told me I should shut up and uh, just uh, yeah, be quiet. And <laughs> but then uh, uh, when, when you see the reaction from your colleagues, then uh, you know uh, you are true, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, do, do, do you think he did the job then? Do you think they, do you think they changed after that? Not immediately, to be honest, not immediately, because uh, 
you know, it, it was it was also the Christmas period where we had uh, very very few games, you know, and many games, and it was it was very difficult because I I spoke about the the trainings, you know, the quality of the trainings and too many players resting, you know, and not training properly. I know it, it is a difficult time around Christmas when, yeah. because you have so many games, but in a, in, a, in a training, you know, you prepare for a game, so you need to train properly to, yeah. Did they invite you to the Christmas party? Yeah, I was invited, <laughs> but I had my own table. Who was you close with, Paul? Who was you close with, Peter? Peter, Peter yeah, Peter and uh, Jonas, Jonas Olsen. Oh, Jonas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Peter, Peter was one of my best. Are you still colleagues. in touch with him? Yes, yeah. yeah. I play a bit of golf with him. Yeah? Yeah, Do you? I play golf, yeah, yeah. He's, when, he's playing that uh, charity game, no? Yeah, he's playing almost every day. Yeah. Too much, he's lucky. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the he's time. He's a grown up. I know, almost, almost, yeah, yeah. <laughs> almost, yeah. No, so you, and he's still keeping touch with some yeah. of your West Brom friends, yeah. And if an opportunity arose at West Brom, could you see yourself working back there in the future in some sort of role? Uh, West Brom is a former club of mine, you know, and uh, I'm always, uh, yeah, staying in touch with my clubs and with my former clubs. And uh, yeah, it, it would be a pleasure for me uh, to, yeah, having a certain role in English football and yeah. Mainly at West Bromwich Albion, yeah. <laughs> you speak so passionately about the game, and yeah. you, you strike me as a player, uh, well, former player, who, when you was in, in the heart of your career, you just loved every minute of it. Yes. You, know, you really looked forward to the yes. games. Is that, is that fair? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and, and loved everything what's combined with football, you know. It's not about the performing on the, on the pitch, it's everything, you know, because uh, I remember I was the only player who who held uh, supporters' meetings, you know, in Southern Coldfield. And uh, because uh, it means a lot for the supporters, you know, not just seeing them uh, from the stand, you know, to get in touch with the, with the personality and with the, with the human, you know. And uh, I think that, that's going to be missing in football, you know, that the supporters getting... The bar, the you know, connection, yeah, the connection. You stay further away. You stay miles away, you know, and you think, yeah, who is that? He's playing yeah, for my loved club, but beloved club. But. So, so that West Brom in particular, then, they've got so many positions that need to be filled this summer. Yeah. Do you think it's an ideal opportunity for them to rebuild and try and get closer to what you're trying to say? I think, I, I think uh, relegation is always a good opportunity to rebuild something, you know, because. You're losing a certain status, and now you need to recover. And you re, you, you can recover negatively or positively. Yeah. And yeah. you can see hey, one step back, and then two steps forward. You know. Yeah. And that's what I always thought about my career. You know, I remember 2001 when I was one and a half seasons professional footballer. The Austria Vienna, the first Bundesliga, they got rid of me. I'm not good enough, you know. He just dropped me in the second division team. And I thought, I'm 21 and my career is over now. Or what? No. no, from there on, I set my vision. I want to play in the Premier League in four years' time. So you need to, know, to, to, to use, or the, you need to learn to use uh, 
a drop back back a negative scenario, you know, yes. to rebuild your vision and your targets, and then coming back even stronger. So, so just going back to that that time when you were yeah. you were uh, rejected almost. Was that a real changing point in your career? Yeah, absolutely, because I remember the first game I played for this team, you know. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we conceded two goals, but I, what, what, what was my mistake, you know. And the next game I was on the bench, even on the bench, you know. I got dropped from the first division, as from the Bundesliga in the second division. Played half, I played a, a, a game, you know, and got dropped. A drop because uh, I made two mistakes uh, when we conceded the goals, you know. And I was sitting on the bench and I thought, okay, <laughs> that was it. What, what happens next? <laughs> <laughs> but for somebody so young at 21, that, yeah. that could, if they're not mentally strong, yes. that could break them, couldn't it? And that's my personal coach helped me a lot, you know. Yeah. Because now we, we, we started talking about, hey, what, what's my potential, what's my targets, what's my vision, you know. Yeah. And uh, I started 2001 with him, you know. And uh, we set uh, a short, middle, and long-term range uh, targets, you know. And my long-term target was, uh, yeah, Premier League, signing a contract at the Premier League, you know. And it was definitely it was exactly four years after I set my targets, you know. Wow. So, so that's what you're trying to do now, Paul, with younger kids as well. But you can see it, you know, four years. You need certain time to build something, you know. You can't say, yeah, we got relegated and we play uh, Premier League next, uh, so we get promotion straight away and we do this and this and this. No, you have to rebuild and you have to give you time, a yeah. certain time, because otherwise yeah. you don't uh, succeed, you know. What, what should West Brom's aims be then now? Rebuild. Yeah. From the top, you know. To speak about what's our philosophy, what's our vision, and then you can start build from up from the from the top down to the bottom, you know. So then you can uh, think about the structure, the strategy, you know, and uh, also the time scale, the timeline when will be when we will be uh, reach the, the targets, you know. And if, for for certain, in the next four five years. You have to be back in the Premier League, and the next four to five years. So you, you need to think about ten years period. You know, yeah. Playing Champions League at least once. You think? Yeah. No, you think? No, that's the vision. You know. That's the vision. Or should should I say now stay in the Premier League another ten years? <laughs> <laughs> we had this. You know, we had this. That's done. Gone, gone. <laughs> Now you have to think big, don't you? As, as yes. If you don't, yes. then you're never going to succeed. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, for a certain way, uh, do, do you know the, the budget of, of West Bromwich? The last. The who, sorry? The, uh, how, how much money do you have for the season? Do I don't you know? know. No, I don't know the exact figures, but they, they are, they are, 120, they're, they're, they're at the limits. They're at the limits. But 120, 140, around about that. But you, uh, do you know uh, Red Bull Salzburg? Yes. Yeah, in the semi-finals. Semi-final, the Europa League. They 60. Wow. Half of it. So what's their secret? Have they, have they gone with younger players? Or? They have a philosophy, a concept. Yeah. And it never changed with the manager. It's staying always the same. Every time the manager's replaced? Right. Always the same. Comes in and has the same yes. um, philosophy. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, great. So thank you to Greg Evans and Paul Sharner for that. That was uh, that was really enlightening. We will, of course, be bringing you more uh, Albion legends in the uh, in the weeks and months to come. Um, so uh, so uh, tell your friends. Uh, uh, thank you to Kieran for joining, joining me again this week. Thanks, Graham. Nice to be here again. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, we will see you next Thursday for another Woodman Corner.